What in the black liberationist fuck? Black activists like Tamika Mallory have been accused of commercializing the movement. We break down the accusations. What is and isn't black liberation? And what happens next? Also, Lil Nas X pushes the gay agenda. We love to see it. And Sharon lost her whole job over a white man. It's T McQueen and Jay. Drink up. What up? What's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. That's uh, good. I've been rested since I smoked. Since I didn't smoke. Since I slept <laughs> through to the afternoon because I couldn't get to bed until this morning. Mm-hmm. But I feel good. How you feeling? I'm actually like exhausted. I haven't. I didn't. I need my eight hours, and I I didn't get them yesterday, so I'm like mm-hmm. drained. But I'll sleep yeah. tonight, and I'll be good for tomorrow. So so good. 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 What you been watching? Um, sister, sister has been my joint because it's mad predictable yeah. and. They have a cat. You don't see a lot of shows with cats as the pet. So I'm like, oh, there's a cat on here. How do you have that an after cat? Because mm-hmm. cats don't want to do shit. So <laughs> how do you do that? But it's nice to just see the cat and to see T and Tamara. And Roger is a fucking creep. But it's just nice to just watch a predictable ass. <laughs> It was such a creep. Such a creep, a predictable ass show. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also noticing, like, because they didn't really talk about race on that show at all, but there's these insertions yeah. of race and, like, class that, as a kid, I didn't really notice or pay attention to. But, like, yeah, mm. that I've never even, like, noticed. Like, there'll, there'll be other characters, like, students in their schools, like, there's a right. random woke girl who is... I'm just stuff that, as a kid, I did not notice that there was insertion mm-hmm. of, like... These are black people. These are like, mm-hmm. even though they mm-hmm. never really talked about race on that show. So it was like, it's interesting. Yes, yeah, interesting. I never noticed that. I didn't okay. at all. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. All right. I came in here nice. to just watch something that was predictable and nothing happens. But oh, there's mm-hmm. like shit in here. So yeah, that's what I've been watching lately. What have you been watching lately? That's what's up. I've been rewatching um the Wayans brothers. They're fucking disgusting. Okay. <laughs> They're gross. They're gross out comedians. And I can't watch that show while I'm they're eating. They're booger boys. Like, Cause they're booger boys. Yeah, they're booger boys. Yeah. yeah. I usually watch stuff while I'm eating whatever meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. I'll turn on something to watch. And I can't watch them while I'm eating because something inevitably gross will come up. And I don't I don't watch like gross out shit when I'm eating. They're booger boys. They're booger boys. Yeah. yeah every episode is something gross. Yep. It's something gross. It's, there's spit. There's a fart. There's a booger. It's something. They're fucking nasty. They are. So I appreciate that shit. When I'm not eating, I do find them funny. A lot of that stuff has not aged well because mm-hmm. of ableism. Fucking. Oh, they they love. They love they, some good ableism. They love that shit. They do. I'm just picturing Marlon. Ooh, they love it. Yeah. Oh, he loved it. He loved it. So yeah, it's a lot of that stuff has not aged well. But when they're not being ableist, it is funny and gross. So that's what I've been <laughs> rewatching. But um, but yeah, so there's some there's some comfort in that watching old shit, not being shocked by any grief or yeah, exactly. uh, anything that needs to be like analyzed in the present day. You know, so so that's been cool. Exactly. Welcome, Welcome to Tea with the Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. And if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag Tea with QJ. We love when you use it on all the social means. We also like when you use the hashtag Pod In, and that allows other people to podcast on that hashtag 
find Tea with Queen and Jay. If you are not already, you should be. You should follow us on the social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Tea with QJ. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook. Give us a follow there as well. We love to hear from you all. You can send us your T mail at tvqnj at gmail.com. You can send us questions, comments, feedback, silly things, serious things. Just send us all the things. We love it. Yeah. That's right. This is a spot of tea episode, which means there are less segments, same good, awesome content. It just makes it easier for us to do an episode every week. Every week we pour libations for the people, places, and things that give us black ass joy for the homies, the ancestors, and all of that. Who are you pouring libations for this week, Jay? I am pouring libations for Eddie Murphy interviews. Mm. I've been watching a lot of interviews, recent interviews with Eddie Murphy because of the press run that they did for Coming to America, the reboot or the part two, the sequel. And they've been cute. They've been cute. (laughs) I like hearing he'll... Every now and then he'll tell a story from back in the day. So I like hearing those stories with like comics from the past. I enjoy that shit. Older black comics and shit. And I like the juxtaposition of like Eddie Murphy as this huge figure and Mm -hmm. like his personality and how he shows up in these interviews as this like really quiet, subdued, but thoughtful kind of person. So I think that's interesting. He was on Jesus and Miro recently. And there's a moment when they're explaining podcasting to him that I think is really hilarious. And... He was also on, uh, he did an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel. And on that one, it's him and Arsenio. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. their friendship and the way that his energy in that interview is a little bit different. They're really cute together. Yeah, because they are like super super cute friends in real life and so i really enjoyed watching that dynamic but yes i'm pouring libations for eddie murphy and all the recent interviews that he did during his coming to america press tour what are you pouring libations for um so i'm pouring libations have two libations actually so my first libation is to alicia who brought me something from my amazon wish list thank you very much for you know thinking of me if you want to check out our amazon wish list they are in the show notes and like we say about amazon we know it's not the best of places so we are not requiring you to do that so no pressure and also just make sure you acknowledge all blackout dates and strike dates when fucking with amazon okay okay and then now my second libation is for last week the inner uprising did a really good episode it was actually solo hosted by sam and they gave a mad additional information about the Atlanta massacre targeting Asian massage parlors. And then they gave an explainer about race, gender, fetishization, sex work, and law enforcement, and how all of that stuff intertwines when it comes to the massacre and how it ties to the events that happened in Atlanta. Really, really good episode. Lots of information. I learned lots of shit. Or like, it helped me correlate things that I hadn't correlated formally. So it was a good fucking episode. And I think everyone should listen to it. So there is a link to that episode in our show notes so check that out and learn something because i know i did mm-hmm. yeah i love inner hole uprising definitely check out that podcast mm-hmm. excellent excellent queen can you tell folks how they can donate or how they can support rather tea with queen and jay podcast definitely of course we always want you to take care of yourself first but also this podcast runs on your support. So there are two ways that you can donate. True. You can go to our website, teawithqueenandj.com, slap down on our homepage. And there is where we have two options. Two options. Our first option is our PayPal option. And that is where you can donate any amount at any time. 
And our second option is our Patreon option, where we're asking for a monthly commitment of $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. We will appreciate that shit. And we give you a bonus episode every month as well. We also like it when you share this podcast on social media, tell a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All of that helps you with Queen and Jay grow. And as always, thank you to everyone who leaves us a review on Apple Podcasts. We read all those reviews. And if you haven't done that already, please leave a review. Give us five-star rating. All of that shit. If you did do it already, do it again. Why not? But thank you to everyone who has. And uh, thanks in advance for everyone who is going to do that as well. That's right. If you'd like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast or see it on social media, T-mail us at J at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak virtually at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, podcasting, or some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Sorry. I had to do it. Did you used to do that as a kid? No, I used to hate when my sisters were like, why are y'all doing that? What does that do? You just want to do it and see how long you could do it. It feels good and it's weird. All right. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So we have a few donation libations this week. Actually, I'll do them. They're pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Thank you to everybody who is supporting us on Patreon. We have Keisha... Nadia, Raphael, Kenneth, Sydney, Damani upped their pledge. Thank you so much. We also dropped mm. a new Patreon-only episode, bonus episode this week. Please check that out. We talked about a bunch of different shit. We talked about some behind-the-scenes shit, drama, rather. We talked about <laughs> Derek Jenks. We talked to Jack Jenks. Why is his name spelled like that? We talked about Derek Jackson. We say why it's spelled like that. In we the do in the episode. You're right. We talked about Derek Jackson. We talk about. We talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, Christianity, Black Christianity. We talk about the new Black Muppets. We talked about Quavo and Sweetie. Yeah, we did a lot. Yeah, a bunch of different shit. Mm-hmm. It was it's, it was good, a good fun episode. I think in our bonus episodes, we are a little bit more relaxed because it is behind this paywall and it's not accessible to everybody. So it's a different kind of vibe, different kind of energy. So definitely check that out. We dropped a new one this week and we release a bonus episode for our Patreon subscribers every month. So definitely you can subscribe at any level. Check those out there. We also got a donation on our PayPal this week from Camille. Thank you, Camille. And Camille says this is for snacks, bills, weed, whatever. Much love to you both. Thank you so much, Camille. We appreciate you and we will spend it on all of those things so thank you yeah. thank you thank I like you. free weed money it's nice yes it's important <laughs> it's important it's important all right you ready to get into the show yeah i am all right 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 queen what kind of tea are you drinking i'm drinking green tea what kind of tea are you drinking i am actually drinking an elixir this week oh elixirs back to elixirs because <laughs> i love when you drink your elixir <laughs> <laughs> I got two tea bags in my tea. I'm drinking a microdose blend, both teas by G. So I'm drinking a microdose blend, and then I have a loose leaf tea bag of um some CBD tea in there because I actually need all of that. And I've been drinking on this for about this is what this is like day three. 
I think. And it's still it's still hitting. It's still pretty potent. I don't know if it's doing all the CBD things and, and microdose things, but like I can still, the flavor of the tea and everything is still there. So I'm assuming it's working. So that's teasbyg.com or at teasbyg on Instagram. So what are your pronouns? She, her, what are your pronouns? She, her, they, them, and separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady. And lastly, what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming that there is no room for drama and pessimism in my mm-hmm. life. Right? I would break out and Mary J. Blige, no more drama. But mm-hmm. that active, right, hurt y'all is. So I'm going to chill. You know, I'm holding back okay. the skills. Because you know how Mary goes right. in on that song. But yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm affirming. That's what I am affirming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. What are you affirming for yourself? I am affirming a clean, organized, and well-lit apartment. That's mm. what I'm affirming this week. Lit as in lighting or lit as in it's lit in here? Like what? Both of those things. Just not <laughs> fire. Okay. But lit is in lighting because I my apartment is typically pretty dark. I have a, a tiny window in my living room that only gives me sunlight for like 15 minutes a day at like 1 2 o'clock it's so, bad. it's so weird it's so weird but yeah it just it's in the middle it's in the crevice faces another building it's another building yeah right 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 yeah it, it kind of this is kind of criminal it should be criminal you know what i'm saying but whatever so it's a dark ass apartment so i want to affirm more lighting i want to affirm that more sun comes in i did order another lamp so i want to affirm that it's gonna help yep it is. and yeah i just wanna i want to affirm cleanliness in here organization and light in my apartment so i affirm that shit so something big happened this week ginormous something big huge ginormous a big fucking deal okay that we didn't expect at all we didn't expect it Mm -mm. we didn't see it coming no came out of nowhere so rapper little nas x or lil nas x released the video for his single montero or call me by your name as a lot of people know it yeah and i never seen no shit like that before (laughs) i have never in all my years of watching videos i have never seen no shit like it before I loved it. I was excited by it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be alive in this era <laughs> of seeing shit I ain't never seen before. It's super cute. It tells a story. And I'm glad that it's happened. I'm glad it's happening. Yeah, I love the video too. I do like that there is a story happening because yes. I don't know what's going on with music videos. But for some reason, they decided to just have mad colors and outfits. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, usually it's nothing there's like no going story on. Line. We're just, it's just we're dressed like... up. There's lights. There's dancing, and there's no there's no story. There's no story. There's very little story. So basically, it starts off with what looks like Little Nas in the Garden of Eden. Looks like a version of the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. He gets seduced. He literally gets seduced by this snake that looks like himself. He's playing all roles, I think, in this video. He gets seduced by a snake and then he's taken in front of, I don't know if it's angels or whatever. I'm stumbling through this, okay? But this is this is what happened the two two or three times that I watched the video. This is what happened in my head, right? So he gets, he gets taken. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same one of him that was in the garden or whatever, right? But also all the outfits, makeup, hair, 
fabulous so all different looks good. there's all kinds of hair there's all kind of hair units there's all kind of shit going on yep. colors outfits it's a lot of body yada yada it's all yep. kind of shit going on in this video it is a spectacle it is something worth watching actually we'll put the link to the youtube video in the show notes i don't know how you haven't seen it yet but okay <laughs> Right. If you happen to haven't seen it yet, the link will be there for you. So after the Garden of Eden scene, then he's in some kind of like, I don't know if the word is court. I'm saying court because I don't know what else to call it. Right. He's being judged. He's being judged. There we go. Thank you. He's being brought in front of a judge or a crowd. He's being brought in front of all of these people. He's being judged and then he gets sentenced to who knows what. The next scene he is, I don't know if he ascends to heaven, but it's a scene that's kind of like heaven, hair and makeup and everything changes, angels and all of that shit or whatever. And then, okay, so I've already even been watching this whole video with my eyes wide and my mouth agape, okay? <laughs> then, because he's, he's been making out with men himself or whatever mm -hmm. throughout, you know, yeah. again, never seen no shit like this in a rap video. This is a, this is a rap video, everybody. Just a reminder. A mainstream. Mainstream rap video from a huge artist. Yeah. Everybody knows he's huge, yep. right? Then he hops on a, a stripper pole and twirls down to hell. He doesn't hop on a stripper pole. He is falling from heaven and he's just falling. And he just happens to like grab a pole and then now oh, he's and like- Oh, and do a twirl a, and, around? And then okay. like, yeah. So like, then he twirls into hell. Like he doesn't just like hop on a pole. Like he's falling from heaven and mm -hmm. then he, his hand like grabs a pole and then all of a sudden the motherfucker's pole dancing on his way down to hell. Yes, in fishnet pantyhose, black high heel boots. And some boxer briefs. And a red braided unit. Yep. Okay, all of it looked great. So he shiver pulls his way down to hell. It's a long journey too. Yes. Okay? It's a long journey. Which I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long journey and then he lands in hell and he gives satan a lap dance okay mm -hmm. he gives satan a lap dance seduces him kills him and then puts the devil horns on his head the devil horns were apparently just another added braided unit that's what it looked like yeah it looked like a cornrow unit on satan's head so he just popped it off popped off the braided headband and put it on his head i never seen no shit like that in my life okay <laughs> and it was it was beautiful and as a recovering christian from years back i was like satan my nigga a lot of y'all was like that so like for me i don't satan exists in islam but they're not centered in a lot of stuff right, right. so my relationship with satan is obviously very different but mm -hmm. it was it very interesting to me like i feel like he was telling y'all business like even people who are not practicing even people who mm -hmm. are not related to Christian in no way, all of y'all motherfuckers was like, Satan! I'm like, y'all <laughs> denounced and gave up Christianity <laughs> and been telling me this whole time that I've known you, you Yo. don't fuck with it, you don't do this, you don't do that. But then when y'all saw Satan, y'all was like, Listen. Satan! It was so funny to like, I'm like, shit. It's like, wait a minute, Satan? This nigga brought Satan? I'm like, these motherfuckers is that traumatized that some shit that they don't Satan? even ascribe to or believe anymore mm -hmm. triggered mm -hmm. shit. Like, I'm telling you, nah, all yo. of y'all motherfuckers who I don't have any friend. I have one friend. I only have one friend who is like a practicing Christian person. Mm -hmm. 
all of y'all motherfuckers in social media as well was like, I understand. Not like this is this not right. saying this, but like I understand yeah. and I get it. But then he have to lap dance Satan, and I'm like, let me tell you something. Satan ain't nobody. He could have given fucking. He could have performed oral sex on a jesus christ like that's the thing that's weird we wouldn't have thought nothing of it but it's like the way that satan is so in christian i'm gonna say black christianity satan is so uh in the u.s or holiness churches which a lot of us come from and they, they call or whatever right so satan is so central even though and i think i said this on the um I don't know if I did or not, or if it was just us talking, but Satan is so central, even though if you asked any practicing Christian, they would be like, no, it's not. We don't pay Satan any mind. We don't like the whole point. Yeah, is I like, pay fuck Satan, Satan. A lot of but <laughs> Satan is so central. Anytime, anytime, yeah, any, anything you do is like, oh, that's not of God. Satan this, Satan that, or whatever. It is a central concept, and everything that's not of God is some kind of like satanic thing even though that language is not necessarily used or whatever niggas be thinking about what satan is doing okay y'all don't even i get it i kind of get it but y'all not even christian anything that's not of god or good or whatever is satan and satan is busy satan is working satan is busy and when you play with satan it's like you inviting him into your space and shit so weird. he uh, again yo lil nas x could have given any figure that i revere a blowjob but the fact that he was like lap dancing saying it did my mind was a little i I was a little blown for a little while a lot of people were that's why for me it was just like wait what because i one like i said because of my background i don't um center the devil or not to say that y'all do that but right the motivation for being godlike isn't to be like the opposite of satan or get away from satan and blah 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 Mm -hmm. right that's not necessarily the motivation but i understand what you're saying yeah so to see people that i know have not aligned with christianity for like ever still be so Mm -hmm. kind of like shooken and traumatized by satan it was just like some of y'all never be conversations (laughs) 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 need to be about some other things as well. Oh my god. Because that yeah. just was just yeah. like I was like Satan. Because the way they do Satan in this, the way that Satan looks, it looks like that could for real be what he looked like. Like the way that we have imagined Satan, like that could really be him. Like I can see I have watched Satan be portrayed in different ways, like in comedy and parody, which I have found a lot more like paratable. I really don't think anything of it. But when it gets like real, when it gets like, yeah, I'm lap dancing this for real satan looking motherfucker who looks like he burns people all day and then they grow back their whole body grows back and then they burn again like it was intense for me it was intense but honestly talking through it it's helping me helping me process and work through it because i was for real i watched all of that shit and then i was like satan it wasn't even what he was doing with satan it was just satan is here yeah (laughs) even though all roads led to satan the whole fucking video is like oh yeah we're going there. Nah, but it I I loved it. It's excellent. Yeah. There was that piece of it. And then also a lot of the conversation that came out of it. So I, I kind of didn't like, I kind of was annoyed that the conversation came more about like religion and being blasphemous. And it was like, mm. why do we not see like a black queer person who felt so ostracized that they got to the point where mm-hmm. it was like, you know what? I'm just going to lap dance on the devil. Like, why mm-hmm. aren't we... 
why why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we talking about the fact that we made this person be so othered that they said, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to make hell like this popping place. I'm going to go down this pole. I'm going to strut to the devil and lap dance on him and possibly become the devil. You've ostracized somebody to that mm. point and the takeaway was like, this is too much for the kids and this is anti it was just like yo like if someone feels ostracized to that point there is a problem in whatever system and it seems like as far as with right. the video percent presented it seemed yeah. like how we treat queer people then it was like could mm-hmm. maybe talk about queerness in a black church like maybe could that mm-hmm. be what the conversation is about and how these people have felt like to sit in a place that told you you are gonna go to hell anyway so it was like you know mm-hmm. what I'm gonna look fucking good now when I do it like I kind of would have hoped that maybe that conversation was happening. I would say that it wasn't happening in my sphere because people were so focused on Satan or were so focused Mm. on like queerness and a man kissing a man who was actually himself, you know, like just stuff like that. And I was just like, yo, Mm. like, could we just talk about all of this fucking trauma that he fucking danced through for us? (laughs) That's a lie. That was that's a lot. Like when you really, I enjoyed the video, loved it, whatever. But when I saw the conversation and people focusing on like these things that for me don't hold a lot of weight, don't make sense, it was just like this was somebody navigating trauma, showing mm-hmm. us the story of them navigating trauma, and this is how they solved it. And the way they solved it was lap dancing with the devil and possibly becoming the devil, and that's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, can we talk about that? Can we talk about how Not only is it that, but it's his fault. It's like, look yeah, at what he's doing. Yeah, he's an industry plant. He's yeah. an industry plant. He's like, Illuminati. Look what he's doing. Yeah. Like, what? Like, that uh-huh. story is like the story of so many black queer people. I would even say, because I know of queer Muslims, mm-hmm. same thing. Not Maybe not as... Nope, same thing. And it's like, the conversation should be about how you made someone be so comfortable with the fact that they're going to go to hell for existing the way mm-hmm. they exist. And everyone was just like, Satan or kids or bleh. it was just like, damn, we are, ain't no hope for us, yo. We all going to hell because <laughs> we could, <laughs> like the fuck? It was, right. it was, that part was a little disappointing when mm-hmm. I like really, 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 really thought about it. Then that's when, like, I'm like, damn, y'all. Like, we we ain't shit. Nah, we not. We ain't shit. We not. I didn't see... My timeline has been curated to where I, I didn't see those conversations. I saw people... I mean, I didn't say this on the timeline, but in the group chats or whenever it came up, I was like, yes, I was feeling it. And then also, Sagan? But on my timeline, I just saw people responding to, like, the negativity. I didn't really see a lot of the negativity on my timeline. I did see Felonious Monk, I think that's... Was that him? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. somebody tweeted... That was a really good tweet, actually. I think I'm going to read that. Yeah, Felonious Monk, he tweeted this. He said, Old Town Road was number one in the country for a million weeks in a row, and nobody turned into a cowboy. Lil Nas <laughs> X throwing ass to the devil, not going to make you suck any more dick than you already wanted to suck, champ. It's really not. It's really not. Yeah. It's really not. I thought that that was a good point for anybody who, I guess, was concerned about the gay agenda. I didn't see a lot of negative stuff either. I did see, like, for me, this odd focus on, like, Satan. And I'm just like, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Like what this like you just seen this person get comfortable with Satan mm-hmm. because they feel so ostracized from everything else. 
and mm-hmm. it was just like and what they were told that's where they was going and that's who they are is. whatever especially this person who's been you know in media and so everybody has had access to this person everybody has been throwing these ideas to this person yeah. yep. black athletes black entertainers been talking yep. about this person having his name in their mouth and whatnot so yeah that's a lot that is a lot a lot of pressure yeah and this young really young person was able to like conceptualize that and kind of like Mm -hmm. make it art entertainment for us but it's like there's a lot of pain there and i know the the video isn't visibly painful and like i said i didn't think of this stuff until later when i had you know the Mm -hmm. video came out friday at midnight so it's been a while since you know whatever so i've got to like let stuff sink in but like that fucking sucks (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know that fucking Mm -hmm. sucks so like it would have been nicer. I'm sure this conversation was happening. I'm not saying it wasn't, but it would have been nicer to see people kind of more so centering black queer people and how much they feel ostracized, maybe in religious spaces and, and mm-hmm. you know, for that video in particular. Right. But just in general, like, the motherfucker was like, you know what? I'm going to lap dance the devil. And possibly because I don't know if whatever that figure was when he put the horns on was a devil too, but like mm-hmm. that ain't good if it's like, you know what? <laughs> you know what since you said. <laughs> oh gosh. What the fuck? But yeah, so that was interesting. That was interesting to kind of like watch and and, and see mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I, I did, I love the video and maybe like it will make people think more get a little deeper yeah i hope so yeah i hope so i really i really really loved it and it did make me think about i hate i'm gonna hate this sentence but i'm gonna say it but it made me think about my relationship with satan because <laughs> <laughs> that's the reality all you have a relationship with satan is what i've learned it's not a good one it's not saying y'all fuck with it but like i'm like y'all don't right. e- y'all don't even right. have relationships with jesus but <laughs> Mm-hmm. Satan came to the room mm-hmm. and y'all was yeah, like, if if it was like if he was like I said if he was giving some kind of Jesus figure a blowjob I would think so much less of it or whatever because it's not there's nothing evil about that per se right there's nothing evil about that we don't know exactly what Jesus looked like people always portray him as some white man in sandals anyway so that image is so I think fucked with Mm -hmm. in general or whatever yeah that would not bother me but like invoking Satan it did it was like wait a minute why are we talking about this guy I just want to say you're not alone you're not alone friend Mm -hmm. it did that Mm -hmm. to you people and I was like wait what (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so I did. I meditated on my relationship with Satan. Yeah, that's like, I think maybe in therapy, if you have, people have access, maybe y'all should start talking mm-hmm. about maybe some of that religious trauma because. Right, right, right. I will, I will most likely not discuss my relationship with Satan with my therapist. <laughs> but now that I know that it does exist, that it's a thing, it is something to think about. I had never thought about it in that way because it's just like you don't talk about Satan. Even like, like, like I said, a lot of us are culturally Christian, even though we don't bang with christianity and like actively speak out against a lot of those things Mm -hmm. or old school like shit or whatever but the cultural christianity of a lot of black folks is that you don't mention the devil you don't fuck with the devil like speaking that devil's name welcomes them into the space so yeah so that was interesting to see this video that i was enjoying and then i was like the devil um (laughs) it it did make me think about uh my, my relationship with satan so <laughs> okay all right speaking of satan 
Yes. Sharon Osbourne was, uh, according to this report, she allegedly left the talk. But this statement is giving me big fired vibes. Same. This is the statement that you tell the staff, but the people who was in that office, no way. <laughs> but like, because you want to keep exactly good face and make sure that people aren't gossiping in the office <laughs> and this and this and that and mm-hmm. say like the mm-hmm. that thing and the, but you know this probably was a right. forceful resign so a few weeks ago on the podcast i don't know if it was last week or the week before we talked about sharon osborne and her shenanigans the week before yeah so of course as we discussed sharon osborne Showed her ass on the talk. I don't know. Did I say the fucking view again? Who watches the talk? No one. Okay. Who watches this? The only reason I noticed you said the view instead of the talk ever when we've talked about this is because I'm thinking the talk, the talk, the talk. So I don't forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah. So she was on the talk defending Piers Morgan and his racist self and the foolishness that he said about Meghan Markle. So Mm -hmm. it's this whole cycle of shit and her defending this white man got her fired but anyway as we talked about on the podcast she was on the set of the talk being asked about her relationship with Pierce and basically if she understood why some people might think that her supporting him in the way that she did validated some of the racist things that he's been saying or whatever Mm -hmm. and she went on this whole this whole ridiculous thing that we talked about extensively in episode 285 that's the Cheryl's friend is racist episode and basically showing her ass telling Cheryl don't you dare cry I'm the one should be crying I feel like I'm in the electric chair and like yelling at her spreading it low and Laying it wide. Laying it wide. <laughs> Showing her whole ass. Uh, yeah, so um, that happened. And then after that, the show went on hiatus for a little bit after that incident. You know, the Twitters was talking and everyone was talking, actually, because that was just like blatant racism recorded on a show. But then one of the hosts of the talk, Elaine Welterer, and her hairstylist complained of an alleged racially insensitive and hostile environment. So that added more to what was going on with the sharing conversation. And I'm sure HR was like, oh, okay, now we really got to. <laughs> oh, y'all are serious. Oh, y'all didn't like that. Oh, y'all didn't like that. Because I feel like if she didn't say anything, they would have took the day or two off for everybody to, you know, heal and Sharon to go cry at home or yep. whatever and get over herself. And she would have came cane. right back like it was nothing. Or or maybe Sharon would sue somebody. Who knows? <laughs> Sharon probably would have came back, did an apology, said she learned. They might said she took a class because they like to say they're taking a class. Yeah, or not. That's a lot. I don't. She might have said she learned something. Maybe. <laughs> They like to say they're taking a class after their racism. I don't think they would have did any of that shit. I think they would have just came back like it wasn't nothing. I'm trying to be hopeful and nice, right? They would have came back like it was nothing, not apologize. <laughs> and Elaine was like, you know what? I sat here. I said I was uncomfortable. I'm going to fucking HR. You know what? I agree. All right? I'm going to HR. Because I yes. am a millennial, okay? And, and what, that's what and I'm what you're not going to do is, okay? And what you're not going to do. Have me sit on the stage with this person who was acting a plum fool. Is that ableist? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think fool is ableist. I'm just saying Black people do like saying that. Yes! Black people do like calling somebody a plum <laughs> F word. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, if that is ableist please let us know but i think the f-o-o-l i think that that is ableist we're not we're not 
sure, but I think I think that is like an ableist term okay. or whatever. But yeah, we'll just stop saying that. Yeah. Being ridiculous. Being ridiculous. Calling the other black woman on, on the set, t- screaming at her, telling her not to cry. That's wild oppressive. You think me, Elaine, whose brand is that I don't fuck with shit like this, is going to sit on the stage with this person? You think me, Elaine, who has been, my work has been about not fucking with people like this? You you, you know what? You know what? Mm -mm. You know you done fucked up, right? You know you done fucked up. Yeah. So she took that shit to HR. I've never, in all my television watching years, (laughs) in all my days, I've never heard of no drama happening like that. And then it actually gets reported that, oh, this person that we watched this awkward racial moment happen to actually went to HR. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. shout out to her. Shout out to her for that because... That could have went so many different yeah. ways. Yep, because if if they didn't say that, they didn't. They felt uncomfortable because of like racial insensitivity and a work environment and shit like that. There would be no investigation. Like that's what launched an actual mm-hmm. investigation outside of just like Sharon be bugging, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. Right. So yeah, that's the update on that. We do like when people lose their jobs. White people, mm-hmm. not us. Rich white people. To be more specific. Facts. But yeah, bye, Sharon. You'll be fine. Matterich, actually. So you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I do wonder who will fill in. Because you know how they always have, like, before they find a permanent host, they're going to have, like, mad guest hosts. Because that's how they usually mm-hmm. do transitions on that show. Like, I wonder who their guest hosts are going to be. Like, I don't even care. I don't know why you at pretending you care. We don't even fuck with that show. We don't even watch that show. We don't even know that show was still on the air. No, but I think it would be fun to bring back all of the people who came up with shit that Sharon did to them throughout the years. My pettiness is like, they all Mm -hmm. should fill in. Like, all of them should be on the show. Because I know that will hurt Sharon's feelings. And Mm -hmm. I just want her to feel Mm -hmm. it in her body. So I feel like Holly Roberts and Pete, Leah Remini. I don't know all the people's names, but there's another host that said that Sharon called her wonton. So, like, I feel like all of them motherfuckers should, like, come on a show be on the show for mm-hmm. a little bit or whatever because like wow that's just yeah i don't know it was a lot i did like the statement that cbs released all right so cbs says as a part of our review we concluded that sharon's behavior toward her co-host during the march 10th episode did not align with our values for a respectful workplace first of all i like that they like spell that out mm-hmm. i like that they say that because i agree and it's rare like they could have since she's already not going to be there anymore they could have not included that we we also agree that this was not okay yep like there's she's gone or whatever like they technically did not have to say we agree that what happened that day was not okay yeah and i really think that it's important in terms of like growth in terms of acknowledging harm acknowledging injustice acknowledging racism even though they don't use the words racism here i think it's important to say yeah this shit did not align with our values for a respectful workplace so i like that shit i do like that shit it goes on to say we also did not find any evidence that cbs executives orchestrated the discussion or they use the term blindsided any of the hosts cbs said i think Again, blindsided is, is an ableist term, word. but that's what yeah. they use here. That was CBS responding to allegations from Osborne's camp that she was, quote unquote, set up to fail by being spurred into the debate by producers, allegedly, right? The statement goes on to say, at the same time, we acknowledge the network and studio teams, as well as the showrunners are accountable for what happened during that broadcast, as it was clear the co-hosts were not properly 
prepared by the staff for a complex and sensitive discussion involving race, the statement added. During this week's hiatus, we are coordinating workshops, listening sessions, and training about equity, inclusion, and cultural awareness for the hosts, producers, and crew. Going forward, we are identifying plans to enhance the producing staff and producing procedures to better serve the host. That's the sentence that I'm here for. The production <laughs> and ultimately our viewers, CBS said. Yeah, that's like, who you about to hire? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who you about to hire to make sure this doesn't happen? What what policies and procedures are you going to put in place? Because now we're in- introducing like diversity of thought, diversity of information yep. and shit like that. So I like actionable shit. And this statement is a lot more meaty than I expected it to be. It's not, it's not perfect. Like I would love like nigga use the, use the word racism. You know what I'm saying? Like let's get into the shits. We're not there, but this is a lot more than I have seen like in a long time. So there's that yo. So yeah, libations to fucking Elaine and Cheryl over there at the view being black and like existing after having to endure Sharon and her bullshit for God knows how long. God knows how long. Like who knows how long that shit was going on. <laughs> That's the thing. That's why I was able to quietly go on because none of us knew that that shit. Was- <laughs> <laughs> who knows what the fuck been going on over there. <laughs> Okay, that shit is don't even show. We be on the internet all day. Yeah, that shit I don't, don't show up on our timeline ever. I see the view pop up on our shit all the time. Right. I do not right. see. I don't watch the view, but I often hear all these ridiculous things Megan McCain says, mm-hmm. and I don't even watch that mm-hmm. show. Nothing, mm-hmm. not a peep comes out of the Nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing. <sighs> Hopefully Megan is next. Oh, yeah. I know it's Megan a different show. Megan McCain. But is next you mean from the view to be released that would be cool yes i would like that yeah i would like that for sure all right well hopefully that'll happen in the meantime let's take a break when we come back we're going to talk about some of the controversy surrounding the comments that samaria rice made regarding activists tamika mallory and other black lives matter activists and kind of how that has escalated we talked about that we talked about the initial comments on a previous episode but we're really going to get into the shits of this some of the misunderstandings of what's being accused and what the fuck people are defending Tamika against it's like a huge disconnect it's a disconnect in fucking activist principles and ideologies all type of niggas are coming in and doing different shit and not understanding one another the shit is wild so we're gonna take a break and when we come back we will break all of that shit down Mm -hmm. money 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 do you know what this year is whatever year is all about yeah but like giving black women your money yes give black women your money hashtag pay black women yo okay okay so So. how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking week every week sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvthqueenandj.com hit that donate tab Mm -hmm. and we have two options there two two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. 
That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. And we're black all the time. That's right. So quick content warning for mentions of police brutality. We're going to be talking about activists and the parents of victims. But we know that this is a sensitive subject for a lot of people because, of course, the lives that have been lost at the hands of police brutality. And a lot of us know people personally within our lives. This has happened to names are just not known. So I definitely want to acknowledge that. So just a content warning for that. So a few weeks ago on our Cheryl's Friend is Racist episode, that was episode 285 for anybody who wants to go listen, but you don't have to listen to that to understand what we're talking about. Yeah. Explain it here. So we talked about Samaria Rice taking to Facebook to criticize activist Tamika Mallory for her appearance at the Grammys, where she basically accuses Tamika of leveraging the names of victims of police brutality for personal gain and commercializing the movement. So Tamika appeared in Lil Baby's Grammy performance and then Samaria took to her Facebook to kind of talk about how she don't like her and how she's commercializing the movement. Mm -hmm. Samaria Rice, for anybody who doesn't know, is the mother of Tamir Rice, who was murdered in a drive-by by police at age 12. Since Samaria's Facebook post, different factions of Twitter been arguing back and forth about this shit with Roland Martin and other talking heads chiming in. Some people have been implying that these mothers are the feds and are only out to ruin the movement. Yeah. So Samaria is not the only mother of a victim to police brutality who has been kind of talking about things that they are unhappy with when it comes to the way that activists are navigating the Black Lives Matter movement. So others like alleged activist and grifter Sean King expressed in an article that he wrote dedicated to explaining this whole situation. I think the header of his article is like Samaria is grieving. Let me explain or some shit like that where he decides he's gonna break down this whole thing and it is like a huge photo of samaria also yes yeah yes that part Mm -hmm. right nobody fucking asked him for this so he does this article explaining this whole situation implies that samaria is a grieving mother and implied that we can't take what women like samaria have to say too seriously because they are too consumed with grief to think rationally so that was the implication i can't read his whole article on samaria or this issue because it's behind a paywall on his north star website yeah yeah did try to read it we both did both tried to we read both it. did but there's no way that we are paying to no. read uh sean king we're just not why would an article like that be behind a paywall good question right <laughs> if it's important that we all understand what's going on here yeah right why who who is it for why put it behind a paywall but this is we know who this is for yeah. it's for white liberals who want to pay to hear what sean king have to say and it's obvious clickbait like mm-hmm. you know because it's like if you yeah. want to have this conversation and be open with people about this conversation mm-hmm. and make this conversation accessible you would not put it right behind a paywall exactly but we know how sean king moves yeah so the quote floating around sean king's quote from this article is 
Ultimately, what I know is that a grieving mother like Samaria Rice has every right to be skeptical and hurt and suspicious and cynical. She wasn't born that way, but this evil and unrelenting country forced her into that corner. It's our job to gracefully and patiently help her find her way out. So I find that sentence about gracefully and patiently helping her to find her way out of grief the grief that's mm-hmm. causing her to be skeptical of activists. I find that whole sentence to be wild dismissive of the critiques that Samaria and other parents have been making yeah. of certain approaches to activism and her comments about leveraging the movement for personal gain. Like it's implying that she's not being level headed and we just have to be patient until she's no longer grieving. And we just have to show her that she shouldn't be criticizing and show her lovingly show her that she's wrong instead of considering that like, Maybe she has a point. What? Yeah. Why does she feel these things? Why is she saying these yes. things? So there also seems to be a huge disconnect between what many of the mothers are saying about these activists and what the activists are being defended against or defending themselves against. So like Roland Martin spent 30 minutes on one of his shows talking about Tamika Mallory and saying how she never <laughs> stole anything from anybody. She never even worked for Samaria's family or worked on behalf of Tamir Rice. Show me the receipts. Show, Show us where me she stole. The receipts. Yes. Fucking weird. Nobody accused her of that. No. So it seems like it's a lot of different conversations that are being conflated yeah. into one thing. A lot of different accusations are floating around, and we want to make sure that we're separating some of those things out. Yes. Here. So on March 16, 2021, Samaria Rice and Lisa Simpson released the following statement. For anybody who doesn't know, Lisa Simpson is the mother of Richard Risher, who is another victim of police brutality. So on March 16th, 2021, Samaria Rice and Lisa Simpson released the following statement. We saw this on Twitter. So this is where it was floating yeah. around. Mm-hmm. And the statement read, again, official statement from Samaria Rice, mother of Tamir Rice and Lisa Simpson, mother of Richard Risher. And the statement goes on to say, Tamika D. Mallory, Sean King, Benjamin Crump, Lee Merritt, Patrice Cullors, Melina Abdullah and the Black Lives Matter Global Network need to step down, stand back, and stop monopolizing and capitalizing our fight for justice and human rights. We never hired them to be the representatives in the fight for justice for our dead loved ones murdered by the police. The activists have events in our cities and have not given us anything substantial for using our loved ones' images and names on their flyers. The attorneys in our fight are also misleading the impacted families. In the case of Tamir Rice, it was even questionable as to whether Benjamin Crump knew the laws in depth in the state of Ohio. I fired him six to eight months into Tamir's case. We don't want or need y'all parading in the streets, accumulating donations, platforms, movie deals, etc. off the death of our loved ones, while the families and communities are left clueless and broken. Don't say our loved ones' names, period. That's our truth. Period. I just love when black people say period. So that was the initial statement that appeared after the posts that Samaria left on, on Facebook. And then this is what was officially shared so that she could really clarify who she's talking about, what she's talking about. Yeah. So at no point in there does she talk about Tamika working for the family or supporting the family or nope. say that she stole. Stole. 
She clearly says monopolizing and capitalizing our fight for justice and human rights. She again, later on, parading in the streets, accumulating donations, platforms, movie deals off the death of our loved ones. So this is not about stealing of funds right in this instance yeah yeah so there have been other things going on so we're not going to go into all of the names mentioned in the statement but we are going to sort through a few things we're going to talk about black lives matter global network foundation we're going to talk about black lives matter la co-founder melina abdullah and we're going to talk about tamika mallory as we mentioned earlier and a little bit of sean king because he loved putting himself in stuff (sighs) Dancing all in, he's a Diddy. Dancing all in the videos. Dancing all in the videos, right? <laughs> Diddy at least produces something. You only get to, you, but you get robbed. <laughs> you definitely get robbed. You definitely only get so far. You're right. You get robbed. Right. You are correct. All right. So Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation is led by only one of the initial founders of Black Lives Matter as a movement, as a hashtag. We know Black Lives Matter has started as a hashtag. It expanded into something that activists were using all over the country. And this began after the murder of Trayvon Martin. And the movement expanded beyond, of course, the founders, beyond, of course, a hashtag. And so there has been efforts to separate the Black Lives Matter movement as a whole, from the organization itself. This organization, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, is separate from some of the chapters around the country. So there are some official chapters that are connected to this particular Black Lives Matter organization, head organization or headquarters rather. And then there are other unofficial Black Lives Matter chapters throughout the country, okay? So Patrice Colors, again, she was named in the statement that we just read. And so some things that came out recently in terms of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, they recently revealed that they raised $90 million in 2020. And that, of course, was after white folks around the country became aware of racism all of a sudden after the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. Right. So a lot of folks donated directly to Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. So it was revealed that they had raised that much money and it had a lot of folks asking where that money was going so they have an impact statement that you can find and you can read and they'll say you know where that money went so that is public even though a lot of people still have feelings about About that where money went and where money should go and why more of it isn't specifically why more of it isn't going to families and black lives matter chapters around the country so according to their impact statement 21.7 million was donated to official and unofficial black lives matter chapters and 30 other local Black-led organizations. 8.4 million went to operations and salaries because there are people running the organization, doing things, whatever. Yeah, it's a job. Right, it's a job, definitely. Mike Brown Sr., who is the father of Michael Brown Jr., who was murdered after being accused of stealing cigarellos from a corner store. Him, his father, and Ferguson activists have requested $20 million from Black Lives Matter Global Network for organizers, organizations, and community foundations in Ferguson doing the work. They also request transparency from Black Lives Matter Global Network on where the rest of their money is going, that remaining 60 million, like what are their plans for it? Black Lives Matter Global Network have previously said that they want to focus more on building life, like doing things that are not always related to black death. Death, yeah. So it was kind of talking about like planning for that money versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, this is what we're going to do or who we're going to give it to or whatever. 
So since these financials were released and the request from Mike Brown Sr. and other Ferguson organizers, there was a meeting with them and Black Lives Matter Global Network, along with Mike Brown Sr.'s organization, Michael Brown Chosen for Change. The Atlanta Black Star reported that they didn't come to any financial agreement, but Chosen for Change said that the two foundations would continue to develop a working relationship. So the issue in this case doesn't seem to be a matter of like of stealing or taking anything. It seems to be more of a concern over hoarding of resources. Yeah, and how funds are allocated and things like that. Right. So you got all these resources based off the fact that George Floyd was murdered, based off the fact that a lot of the news attention that certain murders receive garner a lot of attention for Black Lives Matter and a lot of donations pour in. So it's like, where does that go when it is often directly connected to somebody's murder, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So again, that was Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation that was mentioned in that statement. Next, we want to talk about Black Lives Matter LA's co-founder melina abdullah so this is a claim that's been floating around twitter yes and the co-founder of black lives matter la chapter melina abdullah is said to have allegedly raised five thousand dollars for funeral expenses for lisa simpson's son uh, richard risher who was murdered by police and that it was never given to the family so that's the allegation at this time we haven't seen any response to that particular allegation but melina abdullah uh-huh. did take time to do an ig live reminding people that anyone who speaks against the movement is a fed that's me paraphrasing but it was basically that like was... a lot of hibbly gibbly goop yeah. and you know it remember was. That, I don't know if she said evil forces, but basically remember <laughs> that evil forces are out there trying to take us down and we will not stop. Yes. And da, 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 da. Where's the $5,000? You yeah, either raised just, it or, or you, you didn't, didn't raise it or you exactly. never said you was going to raise no it or whatever. Answer. That's a specific, right. That's a specific allegation that involves potential theft, misappropriation of funds, whatever. That would be stealing. So like, could you tell us what happened? Like, I wasn't there. Maybe you didn't take it. What what happened? Just confirm that it wasn't stolen. And also, like, this so far, this seems to be the only true allegation of, like, theft or accusal of theft. Mm -hmm. And this has been very buried in the conversation. The whole conversation about who's doing what with money and this and this and that. This is where the actual allegation Mm -hmm. of theft is present and this has been very buried in the whole Mm -hmm. fucking conversation black lives matter la is a big deal because it is in a major city it Mm -hmm. gets a lot of attention it's a lot of celebrities in la that bang with black lives matter la so this would be something that i would hope would be addressed at some point i I did not in my research see that it was addressed you know i don't i don't know what happened i wasn't there it would be nice to have this addressed in some way something similar to this has happened to me i Somebody who heard about my sister said they wanted to, they were throwing a party. They wanted to donate a portion of the proceeds to her. They got me involved in helping promote this party, attending mm-hmm. the party. Da, 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 da. We never received anything from that. It looked like it, it, it looked good. It brought <laughs> yeah, eyes to what they were doing. This. Like, yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing. I've seen this person on the train. We're still friends on social media. They've never said anything. They didn't steal money out of my pocket. It did take me time and energy to promote this thing and get involved in this thing as if 
like my sister was going to benefit from this in some way. Yeah. I will also post, you know, she still has cancer. She still has five kids. I'll post her GoFundMe in the show notes. But that has happened to me before where somebody said, hey, we're doing this thing. And I put my time and energy and resources to, you know, help my family. And you were told. And, right. And I was told something. And even if you didn't put energy and time, you were told this is the attention. Yes. This is what yes. we intend to do with this. And then that didn't right. happen. Right. Exactly. And it didn't happen. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that feels that feels whack. That feels it would be nice to say something, yes. even if it was, hey, mm-hmm. we didn't raise as much money as we thought we was going to raise. Oh, shit. We forgot. We actually did this, that whatever the fuck. It would be nice to like just not be ghosted in, in that regard. It's fucking weird. It's weird. It's weird. But yeah, I, it would it would be nice if uh, Melina would say something about this, especially this is an accusation from a mother of somebody who was murdered by police like these are the people we are claiming to support right yeah so that again that's the only accusation that we have seen of like actual potentially stealing or misappropriation of funds right so finally tamika mallory is the most visible i think of the others mentioned like everyone has seen her somewhere whether it be on the news whether it be on the grammys or in a commercial or on love and hip-hop like she is a visible figure she has been very (laughs) visible for a long time time she has been you know back when she was younger like there are there are articles about her people have been attracted to her and her work for a lot of different reasons so she has been very visible for a long time i would say sean king is also very visible but he'd be around but mostly can be found on the internet appearing as a talking head when summoned his alleged activism his alleged grift is digital so he's not like you're not gonna see him right on the on the ground getting arrested that type of shit it's like we never see him and that that's if his activism is or we're real or whatever the fuck like everybody don't have to be everywhere so you can like choose your lane and stick to that lane but grifting should not be a lane of activism so really that's shouldn't. that's a different thing <laughs> totally different. yeah that's a different thing shouldn't be a lane so he's so comfortable with it though he's so comfortable with appearing as a grifter or, or being a grifter tamika has been one of the more popular faces in the street again tamika is not being accused of stealing no. journalist roland martin the raptivist my son that's what he says he is in his bio mm. uh, my son is also co-founder with tamika of until freedom which is a social justice organization that they founded uh, we'll talk more about that later because i think that's relevant in some of the misunderstandings of like intention and shit but tamika also tamika herself has also been talking about how she never worked with samaria rice how she never stole anything from nobody and to show receipts so all these people have been spending all this energy <laughs> and their supporters spending all this energy talking about how she never stole nothing nobody, nobody said, said that tamika stole anything from anybody nobody said that okay that's not <laughs> that hasn't been on the table it wasn't in the statement nobody said that all right no one said that roland martin dedicated a whole at least 30 minutes yes. of a huffing and puffing session had three whole other talking heads on there talking about how she never stole with the receipts pull up my computer <laughs> this is what they're saying on twitter <laughs> this is what this that whatever nobody said that she no stole nothing ever nobody said that no one ever ever right. ever said that nobody said that so the accusation is that tamika is leveraging black death the names of black folks murdered at the hands of police for financial opportunities and attention right and we know that 
in this era of being where you can be an influencer, attention can turn into dollars for you. Right. So that's really what people are saying. And there's a separate conversation about whether that's good or bad. The general consensus from a lot of people in the movement is that that is not okay. Or my personal consensus is, is the way that she is doing this is not okay. Write a book. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there are, there are other ways to yeah. do this but the way that it, this is this is going this is not this is not good so in addition to her now controversial appearance at the grammys tamika also appeared like we said on the episode of love and hip-hop that episode was focused on conversations surrounding black lives matter and then at the height of these accusations of her commercializing the movement <laughs> she's appeared in a cadillac commercial and this, the commercial may have been out before but it's the first time a lot of us saw it right yes so she appeared in this cadillac commercial it was shared on twitter by her raptivist (laughs) co-founder uh friend homie my son which is like this is not the time to share commercials that feature this person where people said specifically you are commercializing this movement judging from my son's twitter the Mm -hmm. disconnect is so huge like so like they couldn't even conceptualize that this is not the time for like tamika didn't even post that commercial herself right my son did because he just cannot connect that the last thing niggas want to see is her in a commercial right (laughs) like yes so the commercial for anybody who hasn't seen it it's a basically a cadillac commercial that is heavily using influences from uh, i would say beyonce's brown skin girl video or something you know black women dressed in beautiful <laughs> black girl gowns that or remember when when lemonade came out yes very lemonade that energy and we kept getting all of those photos of people on the porch these different black women and we're black we're hopping yeah yeah so it's that kind of energy but indoors right it's that vibe Mm -hmm. and tamika is doing her talking kind of like sounds like a speech or a spoken Spoken word kind of thing and then you you know there's a cadillac driving to who knows where she does activist hands yes there's activist hands (laughs) separating and conjoining right (laughs) touching together and moving (laughs) apart i've been an activist for 25 years of my life I come from a very long line of strong women. They always encourage me to use every single resource to help another young woman who's on her journey. I am sure black women will lead this nation to a better place. We're taking control and we're shaping our stories. Yeah, so that's the commercial. This was not the time. This was not the time for that. Uh and the Cadillac campaign is audacity of blackness we went to that website it talks about how Cadillac is committed to donating 10 million dollars to I think black organizations or places that do good yeah I don't have a problem or concern for like where's the money going but like when you do a commercial like this as an activist I need to be able to click the link and know what organizations this money is going to what's the initiative what is going on what is going on yeah we don't need any vague vagueness and yeah the it's a little bit vague like yeah. that that commercial should have been attached to you know cadillac is donating blah 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 directly to yada 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 yep. that that's a different that's a different tweet than we're still we're pushing forward 
Here's a Cadillac commercial. Like a what? rock. Is that the same? No, that's, that's Chevy. <laughs> My bad. That's Chevy. But that's Chevy. <laughs> but yeah, like we. This is the problem, nigga. We just said she's doing too many commercial things, them, and you fucking posted a commercial. <laughs> is anyone listening? That's the also problem. Nobody is listening, and that has to do, I think, yes. with anti-blackness yes. and classism and shit classism. like that. Like, yep. who cares yep. to listen to somebody like Samaria? Yeah, when she posted the first stuff on her Facebook, it was so many people under in the comments talking about oh like when they reshared that on twitter there was so many people in the comments talking about oh well i mean i get it because she hit spell check like yeah critiquing her grammar and you know way she's speaking or whatever and i think that there is this thing of dismissing black women or black people who present in a certain kind of everyday kind of way and so we're talking about in these critiques we're talking about people who are academics people who use a certain language of like the movement people who have written books or whatever it's just like a certain class of people who position themselves in a we know best kind of way and are not listening to me it's a clear you're not listening because the accusations have been laid out and niggas are responding to things that they haven't even been accused of like what can we talk about like the issues at hand it also made me think of how people always need to have like the perfect person in order to like acknowledge that harm has happened. Like they have to right. be perfect. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you don't, like you said, people would say, I get it, but grammar, you don't get it then. Right. You don't get it then. You don't, you don't get it. Cause you why know? are you bringing up grammar? She talking about this, is a whole person who's like, my son died. They're using <laughs> the murder, yes. the, the name of my murdered 12 year old son to fucking show up at the Grammys and be in Cadillac commercials. How do you see that? And they say, yeah, okay, but yeah. it's it's there, not there. Not there. You know what I'm saying? It's how do you how do you say, oh, that word's supposed to have an I in it, or you could have put a comma there. Like what? But Is that you, come on. Yeah, you clearly it. do not get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's also a clash, I think, of um methods and agendas. So like obviously as black people, unless you are straight up MAGA and self hating ass nigga, whatever, <laughs> as a collective, we can all agree that the police need to be stopped. Yeah. Right? Some of us we're here, we're team defund, abolish the police or whatever. Some people are defund, some people are abolish, like some people are fucking reform. Like it's all different kinds of methods all different kinds of black people who believe in all different kinds of ways of doing this. And I think within this movement of stop killing black people, it's a lot of different people who have a lot of different ideas on how we get this done. And I think this is a great example of where there's a clash of ideals and agendas and all of that shit and approach, right? So like I said, we can all agree that the police need to be stopped. We agree that black lives matter, but then it's like, what role does capitalism play in that shit? What does authenticity Mm -hmm. look like? And what does it matter? What does it mean to support a family in situations like this? What does support look like? What does it mean to center certain voices over others? Who is being silenced? How is anti-blackness showing up in this movement? And so again, you know, it's like we all show up with our own ideas. Some of us fucking believe in the way the Panthers did things. Yes. And they're like ideals on dismantling the fucking system. And other people want to work within the system. They want to work the system to the quote unquote benefit of black people. So yeah. it's just a lot of different ideals that I think are clashing here. 
So speaking of fucking ideal clash, <laughs> I didn't even intend on talking about this, but in doing research yeah. for this, so like we mentioned earlier, Tamika Mallory and my son, the Raptivist, my son, the general, I think he's called, they co-founded this organization until freedom, right? So it is an organization. It is a social justice organization. They are until freedom is an intersectional social justice organization rooted in the leadership of diverse people of color to address systemic and racial injustice right Mm -hmm. all right so that's the basics there's a whole thing here so they talk about at until freedom we believe that those closest to the pain are closest to the solution therefore we focus on investing in those who are most directly impacted by cyclical poverty inequality and state violence we are a clearinghouse for advocates, new and budding activists, seasoned community organizers, students, movement lawyers, entertainers and artists, policy experts, formerly and currently incarcerated individuals and survivors of gun violence to work linearly to uplift all of our people. Everyone is worthy. Everyone is needed to win. Okay. I also, like, that's cool. I think it is interesting the way that they mention and include entertainers and artists yes. here. And I think that that's kind of key in this thing about a different approach and I'll, there's nothing wrong with saying that but then when we get down into um like the bullet points of their mission it becomes a little bit more evident what some of the differences are yeah so the bullet points of their mission again this is on their website untilfreedom.com on their about page so we seek to fulfill our mission through campaign development with tangible demands that seems fair enough right mm-hmm. i like so there's a whole thing whole thing about that rapid response and triage so we have the training and ability to quickly mobilize contractors organizers faith leaders and organizations all right cool training and resource development with a focus on underserved communities okay so training is important there are good things here and then it gets a little weird for me so in this bullet it says we have expertise on a wide range of issues and have a track record of providing sought out workshops and trainings in organizing 101 Building your brand, Hmm. how to use social media effectively, Hmm. media one-on-one, financial literacy, crisis communications and management, amongst other topics and subjects. Okay, so this gets weird to me because in this thing that looks like a a activist kind of framework or what many would assume is this kind of activist liberationist framework, we're talking about building your brand, which is like kind of this thing that can be seen as like a really individualistic kind of thing, which is fine. I have a brand. Queen has a brand. We have a brand that we share together. That's fine. None of that is activist work. That's like, you know, stuff that we do to like promote ourselves which is totally fine and present ourselves to the world yeah we're not using anyone else's name or leveraging anyone else like to do that right but it just seems weird in this kind of organization or to put it here amongst these other things that are that seem to be about like community building and like ending police violence yeah the the placement seems weird yeah yeah so there's that then there is um the next bullet so that was their training and resource development then there's media advocacy and it says effectively using the media to raise awareness on important issues impacting black and brown communities through editorial board meetings opinion pieces relationship building okay that's not terrible but it gets weird when we start talking about relationship building the things that are interesting to me from with this bullet and also the bullet you last read 
but it's like mm-hmm. the organizers one-on-one or like all of these like very like let me teach you how to do these things as if these yeah. places don't already have organizers like right as if these places don't already have people in those communities doing things who are organizers mm-hmm. like there's lots of grassroots organizations who are already doing the work and already like doing this and it's like assumption mm-hmm. that like we have to train you for organizing one-on-one we have to train mm-hmm. you for media advocacy and stuff like that as if this may not ex- exist already or as if like a lot of this stuff already exists so it's just interesting to to be like we'll train you to do that i don't know it just seems weird okay I'm I'm getting from it that it's it's a thing that they do. Yeah, I'm not getting that piece of what you're saying here mm-hmm. yet. Because it's saying this it once like developing with focus on underserved communities, and for for me and my understanding is that most underserved communities I know already have organizers there, like who know these things. So for me, it seems as if and maybe I'm just interpreting it completely different. That like these underserved communities don't have these things so we're going to teach you how to do it and it's like i don't know i just feel like a lot of that stuff exists but yeah mm-hmm. yeah i feel you i just think it's weird i don't no, think it, it's it is, it I, is I, understand, I understand what you're saying yeah my, my position right now is that it's a little bit it's a little bit weird for this organization that presents itself or maybe is assumed to be this this organization that is and that's my own conflating things and i think a lot of people are doing this assuming that these are people who want to dismantle white supremacist patriarchal Mm -hmm. capitalism and i think that from what i'm reading so far it sounds like they want to dismantle white supremacy and that's it and that they are um they want to work within the system to do that these are the vibes that i'm getting from this so far yeah I'm, i'm not getting any dismantle vibes I'm getting right. No dismantling. No dismantling. No new ideas. Yeah. Right. Just we want to. We want them to stop killing people. We want cops to stop killing people, and we want people to stop being poor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like any kind of restructuring of the system at all. It sounds like a lot of focus on like individuals and teaching them how to be better. Yeah. Like pull yourself from your bootstraps. Kind of organizing. Yes. Mm -hmm. How to navigate the system instead of dismantling the system, it, yeah. right the next bullet is partnerships with influencers to uplift campaigns and stories we act as a clearinghouse for influencers and artists on issue campaigns and provide resources and information so they can amplify important community-led solutions so this made me a little bit uncomfortable because i do think that influencers like, I don't have a problem with influencers. Mm-hmm. I do think that they can amplify stories and shit like that. I don't have any, any yeah, problem with influencers, micro, macro, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, I have a little bit of discomfort surrounding the term clearinghouse. So basically, I had to look up that word because I was like, what does this even mean? This is the second time they use it on this about page. Look, I thought it was Ed McMahon was going to come. <laughs> It's a few houses in a check, okay? So basically, Clearinghouse is an agency or organization which collects and distributes something, especially information, right? So now in banker's terms, this is a separate thing. In banker's terms, it's a a banker's establishment where checks and bills from member banks are exchanged so that only the balances need to be paid in cash. I read that because I read a lot of definitions just to really understand how this applies in this situation. So again, an agency or organization which collects and distributes something, especially information, if feels to me as if like they're positioning themselves as a hub 
and the center or liaison between the community and celebrities. So if you're a celebrity and you want to get involved in quote unquote, the movement TM come to us, we'll give you the information. We'll tell you what you need to do. We'll tell you how to amplify whatever the message is or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it, it's just, it's hitting me really weird. And as this, this organization that's positioning themselves as a center hub for, you know, the streets TM or whatever, it doesn't sound like they are offering the same kind of services to smaller organizations, right? So like if you are a place where an influencer can come and say, hey, I want to support the community. How do I do that? Or, hey, what's the message I should be sharing? How do I do that or whatever? It sounds to me like a smaller organization should be able to come to you and say, hey, we want to get this message out. You are saying that you have the resources to connect the dots to all of these, you know, they, they use the term artist, entertainers or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to say celebrity. Mm-hmm. They don't use the term celebrity, but, that, but these are the vibes that I'm getting. Yes. You're saying you have this kind of access. Like, how can you support smaller organizations? It just seems like this. And I'm not saying that they're trying to be something else. Because I feel like Tamika's brand, all of this keeps affirming like what, what this is. Yeah, which what is like, we are not here to dismantle the system. Yes. Right. We're not here to dismantle the system. We're here to work within the system to get police to stop killing black people and for racist shit to stop happening but we don't care about dismantling the system we don't want people to be poor and so we'll do financial literacy and stuff like that but this is not a system dismantling train of thought organization Organization. this is not like in the spirit of the panthers this is not in the spirit of dr king this is not in the spirit of of malcolm x this is not in the spirit of our ancestors in that particular way Mm -hmm. and and this is even though my politics are different what i'm saying right now is not to condemn this what i'm saying is that all of us who have been saying wait a minute now what are y'all doing what's this what's that what's this what's that this is who she's been yes this is this is an alignment all of that stuff this is, is in alignment, alignment yes with, with who they are and what yes. they do so what, what it seems like even in in their either pretending not to understand or lack of understanding of what the actual accusation is which is commercializing the movement using it for personal gain showing up everywhere saying the names of these people's dead children okay for mm-hmm. yourself and to allegedly quote unquote get the word out as you get a check who knows what the check was mm-hmm. for Cadillac which again I don't personally have a problem with activists getting checks. I think there there are better ways to, to do, do it, it than what we often see Tamika doing. But also, I should be able to click on a link and see all the black organizations that, that were helped by you yes. lending your face mm-hmm. to this Cadillac commercial and collecting a bag, which like everybody deserves to be able to pay their rent yes. and shit like that. But yes. like, where's the where's the exchange? Like, what? Okay, ten million Cadillac. Maybe they have more. I don't know. Where is that going? Who got it? What's the rollout? What's the dates? It said yes. they were committed. Did they give it back in fucking summer of 2020? Never to give another $10 million out again? Like what? What are the details? So anyway, the other thing with this shit. So again, there's a difference in agenda. There's also, I think, because we've seen commercials and, and ad campaigns like this before that include like known black folks or whatever. I think the difference in a lot of these previous ads that we've seen is that they have featured entertainers, right? So they're they're featuring people who maybe also do activist work, but they are an actor. They are yeah. an entertainer of some kind. They are a poet. They are a musician. Entertaining is their bag. Like, this is what they do. Or yes. I wrote a book or whatever. When Tamika, what she does is 
activism, you know, and often invoking again, invoking the names of our fallen who have parents and have families and shit like that as she does it. So it, it is a little bit different than seeing common do one of these black history month commercials or whatever the fuck or whatever, because common while he may do activist work is a rapper is an entertainer. That's what he does. Right. Somebody also mentioned in the group chat, we were talking about this and somebody mentioned Tarana Burke and how we've seen Tarana Burke appear at award shows and things like that. Tarana Burke is the founder of the me too hashtag and the me too movement. And what I was saying is that the difference between a Tarana Burke and a Tamika Mallory, while Tarana Burke is an activist, she's been pushing forward a concept an idea. So Tarana Burke as the face of the me too movement is promoting this concept. She's not showing up. You said this actually before we were talking. She's mm-hmm. not showing up every time a woman claims to be the victim of sexual assault or whatever. She's not showing up by their side. She's not campaigning. She her mission is to spread the word, the language of me too. Being a spokesperson for them and doing all that shit. Yes. Yes. This is a thing that happens. Um, and she's not leveraging anyone else's pain or anyone else's face to do that or the names of anyone else to do that and so to me that's a very different thing than um tamika in this black lives matter space where we are saying the names of the lives that were lost and you know it gets it gets murky it's a different kind of thing so recently an update on march 27th samaria rice lisa simpson and the collective so i'm interpreting this as the activists who are currently working with and standing in solidarity with samaria rice and lisa Mm -hmm. simpson they released another statement announcing a meeting so here's a portion of the statement you can read the full statement on where your voice mag so after patrice colors sean king and tamika Mallory reached out to Samaria Rice requesting to meet with her. It was decided that we will accept a meeting with Patrice Colors, who is again the co-founder of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, and Tamika D. Mallory of Until Freedom, as we were just talking about, promoting an intramural focus on the mothers and Black communities in mass. We also extended an invitation to Melina Abdullah to attend the meeting. I hope that she goes okay or says something about where the five thousand dollars some say something say hey you know what actually must be a misunderstanding we never agreed here's five thousand dollars you got it you got it right yeah so that hopefully right hopefully she'll attend back to the statement deshaun harrison dr joy james and chairman fred hampton jr have agreed to be in attendance as a show of solidarity and as objective facilitators This meeting will address harm to Samaria Rice and Lisa Simpson, political education for black liberation movements, the trajectory of community controlled organizing, the contradictions of celebrity activism leveraged by corporate donors and government. I like that Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. will be present. I have been listening to a lot of, I guess, different podcasts and watching interviews Mm -hmm. with him. And he seems to have a good sense of i mean one would hope or whatever but the shit that he'd be talking about seems to align with being uh fucking chairman yeah. Fred hampton jr mm-hmm. and he is for anybody who doesn't know he's president and chairman of the prisoners of conscious committee and the black panther 
party cubs so yeah so he's been saying things that make sense in terms of black liberation um from what i have been observing about him thus far he is also already has a relationship with samaria rice they're already familiar with each other she has named him as um i don't know if she said friend i was listening to a clubhouse i was in a clubhouse room where they were having a conversation Mm -hmm. not fred hampton jr but samaria rice and lisa simpson and she referenced him as at least an acquaintance she might have said friend but i'm really not sure so i appreciate that he's going to be there to add some political education to this conversation hopefully because like these things political education for black liberation movements what tamika and her until freedom organization is to me is not a black liberation movement at all and i don't even know if she wants to be like i don't know you know what i'm saying i don't know if that's i don't think so it seems like for-profit activism not like non-profit activism which we are generally used to seeing where it's like the person isn't activating specifically for an income there are ways to receive an income because of the eyes that go on you for activism but generally people don't step into activism for profit and her organization seems like a for-profit fucking like a how to work how to work the system yes right how to work the system for freedom and for like your personal um making sure that you like do for you yeah i've never seen a concept like this before yeah it's we've seen it but i don't think that i don't think that we have seen it detailed in this way written down like this yeah that's yeah i don't think we've seen it written down like this and we haven't seen it trying to play with other movements and other people i guess working for working allegedly working towards the same goal i don't i don't know because really what do we have to compare it to except for like shit that we wasn't even in because we were too young to know you know what i'm saying yeah that's what i think i think that we've seen the result of this or we've seen remnants of this and things like that but i think that the amount of i guess because of the detail that we have now from looking at the website that it's to me it seemed Mm -hmm. like something different Mm -hmm. even though i probably have seen the ramifications and results of this kind of right for-profit right 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 stuff it makes me wonder it makes me wonder like al sharpton's um national action network like i wonder what what that page says Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like i wonder if it would is it gonna look like this or or what you know what i mean because i've that's something yeah i've never i've never looked into what their mission statement says or how black liberationist it is if at all you know and i think a lot of people don't we just assume because the goal the goal is the same yeah that we should all have the same strategy and beliefs that we all have the same mission statement that we all have the same like ideas that we all have the even when the Mm -hmm. strategy varies a little bit it's not so far off where it's like i am about dismantling and you all about how to live in this system like it's these two um as far as tamika mallory and then i would say the activists who are in alignment or who are in solidarity with samira rice and lisa simpson seem like on totally different poles and they are having a conversation i don't want to say argument but they're having this heated conversation when they're both like have clearly different different philosophies to begin with Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and it's like of course you're not going to understand 
what the other person is saying, if your whole right. philosophy and ideals and everything are like completely different in this mm-hmm. way. And I wonder if they know how different their philosophies are. Like on paper, like actually stated, like actually niggas yes, are aware yes, that our, on paper. Yes, our ideas are different. Right. I think we understand the results. Yes. And I think that's why when mm-hmm. we see this Cadillac commercial, when we see them on our Grammys and we see um, them on Love and Hip Hop, it's like, what the fuck? But actually, that's mm-hmm. like in alignment with what they do. And with I think mission, it's easier yep. to be like, oh, that's just what they do. If you like detail mm-hmm. that that's what it is. But like, right. yeah, I-, I hope that that amount of research that we just did just to mm-hmm. make sure that we adequately had this conversation on the show. Right. Like, I hope that that mm-hmm. happened on each poll and they don't just come to sit with each other and yell at each other. I'm going to say it's not. I'm going to say it didn't. I'm going to say it didn't. I I think that it didn't. Because if somebody said to me, hey, will you participate in this conversation? I wouldn't have done this. I did this. Like, they already, the idea is that they already present, like, who they are and what they've been doing. And we have that information. You know what I'm saying? Like, we did this in terms of, like, you know, for, like, quote unquote journalistic integrity and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. But I agree with you. I agree with you that I hope so. I actually agree. I don't think this was done. And that's why I don't think that mm-hmm. this conversation is even going to be like an adequate one. Because I don't. How do right. you have a conversation with someone about their strategy if you don't even understand their fucking strategy? And right. they they don't understand each other's strategy. When someone mm-hmm. was talking about how the redistribution of money is like not being handled right or whatever these other people just heard theft you we know not stealing <laughs> we not stealing nobody you know, they, said they, that they, they they speak completely different languages yeah and yeah. they're i feel like they're just gonna talk at each other that's that's the vibes mm-hmm. that i'm getting because they mm-hmm. clearly speak completely different languages and they always assume that because the goal is well, I don't. I wouldn't want to say, as far as Tamika Mallory, that it's like black liberation in a sense that you and I would talk about it. So yeah. from right now, it's hard for me to even say that yeah. she's about black liberation because it just mm-hmm. sounds like she wants them to stop killing us. Yeah, she wants them to stop killing us and yes. for us not to be poor. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But yeah, mm. mm-hmm. this conversation. Yeah, but again, you know, I I want to have I have hope in the what's listed here as objective facilitators in helping to push this narrative, like to push this mission towards like getting on the same page towards like solidarity for everybody to push that along. That's that's what I'm hoping for. Do you think people with completely opposite principles can be in solidarity or like get on the same page? This is what I think. This is what I think. Okay. I think I don't know enough about Dr. Joy James. Um, I'm familiar with Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Same. I think that everybody respects Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. I think everybody respects him because of his lineage yes. as the son of uh, Chairman Fred Hampton. I think that he has an understanding of Black liberation politics and political education in the way that we understand it in terms of like dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism and i think that because of the respect that both quote-unquote sides of this conversation have for him as a individual i think that that will help this along honestly and i feel like unfortunately like we shouldn't have to rely on this level of like respect for one person to hope that things go you know the way that we want them to like like that things get 
settled out. But really, I honestly think that this is going to rely heavily on his presence. Mm hmm. It is. You know? So that's 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 what I think. I don't know enough about again. I don't know enough about Dr. Joy to say. I know that Deshaun's politics, from what I understand of them, are also like black liberation in the way that we understand it. Yeah. I did reach out to Deshaun because the term objective facilitators, and I know that Deshaun has been vocal about Tamika and the way she's been playing in all our faces, mm-hmm. being in these commercials and things like that. And I was like, I know that from from what I know of you, I believe that you can be objective as a person. But to have you here listed as an objective facilitator, that feels a little bit weird to me or whatever. And they explained that, like, you know, it's a lot of different people that were involved in putting this statement together. And that was the label that was decided that they didn't necessarily, they as in Deshaun didn't necessarily agree that that should be the term, especially Mm -hmm. as it references them. But as a collective, that's what was decided. And I agree that it is really difficult when you're trying to issue a statement that involves so many different people to be like on the same page. It's really hard to get all that information into one thing. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I do feel like coming to a mutual understanding will rely heavily on the respect that both sides of this conversation have for Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., and I really hope, I mean, at, at the end of the day, aside from the ways in which we see liberation, at the end of the day, we want black people to stop being murdered at the hands of police. And they're in this conversation yeah. because, you know, these mothers, their children were murdered. So I'm I'm hoping that at the, at the base of that, when you're in person, it's harder to ignore those realities in person and in-person conversation, private conversation, than it is when we're on social media talking about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that some understanding can happen. So the meeting, again, this is just going back to the statement again from Samaria Rice, Lisa Simpson, and the collective. It says, we request that this meeting leads to accountability to the families providing transparency for all financial reports, revenues, fundraisers connected to families who lost kin to police violence, developing accessible application guidelines with community input for distribution of emergency funds for families, community centers by way of the Black Lives Matter global network. I like that a lot Mm -hmm. because if if you look into... What BLMGN did in terms of giving money away, they did, they did have this thing where you can apply for a grant. Chapters could apply for like a $500,000 grant and get certain monies or whatever, whatever it was. But I like this conversation about who should get the money, how much, like let's establish a way so that we're all aware of like how this works, you know? So I like that a lot. So it's not arbitrary. Right. Yeah. It's not arbitrary. It's not what we decided, A, B, C, D or whatever. Exactly. So yeah, I like the idea of that. Another request here curating a formal memorandum of understanding with local organizers that mandates their invitation to slash approval for direct actions in their cities prior to such events that trigger militarized police violence against vulnerable communities so basically instead of just showing up as a huge like presence like Tamika Mallory again people know her instead of her showing up with her whole squad of entertainers and other activists that's going to draw a lot of media attention a lot of police attention and things like that instead of showing up like without clearance from the community making sure that you reach out to whatever activists are already in that city to get input from them before just showing up and like doing whatever you want to do i know that yeah 
and turning it up right i like that a lot developing an adequately funded black lives matter global network trust fund for black families that provides funds to families impacted by police terror but lacked sufficient civil settlements so i like that too yeah. developing a charitable trust and community fund to support political prisoners the organizing education entrepreneurial and creative efforts for black communities and the development of a review process that is organized at the local level that's cool i wonder how much of this will impact whatever tamika is doing with until freedom yeah because a lot of this was about her that's what i'm like we fuck with this list it does mm-hmm. not align <laughs> doesn't align with any it doesn't of, align like, with stuff anything that's, that's that on her mission they... statement yeah for their organization yeah mm-hmm. the black lives matter global network investing in a housing trust to fund and maintain nonprofit public education quote-unquote houses under local control, dedicated to political education, and named in honor of victims of police murder um, slash violence. I like that a lot. Okay. Support for a 2022 slash 2023 People's Forum to develop structures to enable mass communities control over elite platforms and for public-facing leadership shaped through a process of Black transformational politics adequate to confront the devastations of police violence and poverty. So that sounds to me like forum so that we can effectively like have more of a hand in choosing our leaders instead of somebody deciding that we are the clearinghouse for all things. Yes. Black Lives Matter or whatever the fuck. Right. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how any of this works. I I hope that they come to some resolution, some compromise. I would like for melina to tell us what's popping with that five thousand dollars or if that was even ever aggrieved upon yeah i would like a lot of these requests of the black lives matter global network i would like them to meet most of these requests actually yeah i do appreciate that this was shared publicly some of the response on twitter was a little bit uncomfortable because i think Mm -hmm. that this whole thing has been entertainment for, for a lot, a lot of, people. of people and yeah. we created we created a podcast and this is like edutainment right so there's an aspect of this that is entertainment it's a story any podcast even if you listen to the fucking daily if you listen to a news podcast or whatever there's a level of entertainment there whatever but we're trying not to approach this as like ooh, drama you, you know what i'm saying what like I it's have. not that yeah yeah mm-hmm. so there's a level of entertainment that a lot of people have been taking this as and i feel like some of the responses to it on social have been this kind of entertainment sensational drama kind of thing um so that's that's been a little bit like a celebrity death match or something yeah yeah so i like that it's (laughs) going to be a private meeting um i hope that it goes well and i hope that whatever resolution comes out of it i hope that it is like i hope that nobody comes out of it like pissed off that they didn't get something i hope everybody who's supposed to give a little bit gives yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like that that's what i don't want i don't want this meeting to happen and then it's like we harping on all the things that like wasn't didn't get done you know what i'm saying yeah. so i hope that some things get done we'll see i guess if they share what comes out of it with the public but but yeah we just wanted to talk about like what is happening what are what are the the agendas you know what i'm saying because after i watched that roland martin video i was like does anybody (laughs) really know 
like what, what's what, happening what they said yeah. did anyone listen to the mothers yeah. did anyone listen to the parents it like, was to the point where i had to like ask jay like I, maybe i remember wrong i don't know mm-hmm. but did anyone accuse Tamika of stealing and you're like no and i'm like no like they made me not believe what i had heard or what right. i was ble- i was just right. like wait because like am i missing something like no one ever said no. that Tamika, no. theft or stealing. But if the your same politics, sentence. yeah, but if your politics are just working the system in trying to get black people not killed by just navigating and working within the system, yeah. if those are your politics and it's not dismantling the system, then why would anybody have a problem? As long as nobody's not stealing, what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like they, it's like they for real either can't even fathom it or we're just gonna gaslight y'all so much that you yes. start to question just like you was questioned did some did they did they like say she was yeah, like, like, like we're just gonna gaslight you so much ignore the mothers entirely yes. um you know so that we all forget like what is what, what the matter really is, is at hand yes. so that we don't have to address that you was just in a cadillac commercial and why so we don't have to address that you know what a lot of us are uncomfortable with the way that you showed up at the grammys or whatever yes. which showing up at the grammys is actually a part of like what the bullet do. points of her mission the mission things. of until freedom so like that none of this is a, is a shocker if you know what it is that they set out to do as an organization yeah but that shit was a shocker to us we read that we were like yo what yeah. is this like what 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 is this yeah so that was a lot if you have any thoughts on this of course hit us in a t-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com let us know what you think let us know how you feel let us know what you had heard okay anything else no i think we definitely done a show so no nothing else we definitely did a show we did a podcast be sure to follow us on all the social medias we're on twitter and instagram at t with qj we're on facebook and tumblr at t with queen and j yep. you can check out our website t with queen and j.com and as always like i said you can send us your t-mail at t with queen and j at gmail.com you can hit me personally on twitter and instagram at janicia f that's j-a-n-i-c-i-a-f if you want to if you need to and queen where can we find you on social i'm on twitter and instagram my handle is at the queen speaks with an underscore and yeah follow me this podcast was created hosted and produced by a black girl named naima and a black girl named janicia with editorial support from a black girl named candace t with queen and jay we turn up responsibly When you talk about racism and capitalism, you often write and speak about how they are intimately connected and talk about a world that you envision. Yeah, racism is integrally linked to capitalism. uh, And and I think it's a mistake to assume that we can combat racism by leaving capitalism in place. Um, As Cedric Robinson uh, pointed out in his book, Black Marxism, Capitalism is racial capitalism. Uh, um, And, of course, to just say for a moment uh, that uh, Marx pointed out um, that what he called primitive accumulation, um, um, capital doesn't just appear from nowhere. The original capital was provided by the labor of slaves. The Industrial Revolution, which pivoted around the production of capital, was enabled by slave labor in the U.S. So I'm convinced that the ultimate eradication of racism is going to require us to move toward a more socialist, 
organization of our economies, uh, of our other institutions. I think we have a long way to go before we can begin to talk about an economic system that is not based on exploitation and on the super-exploitation of, of Black people, Latinx people, and other racialized populations.